You're tuning into New Life Vietnam. Today's message by Pastor Lop is Is there injustice on God's part? From Romans chapter 9, verses 14 to 26. And um, we are in chapter 9, okay? And we are the second passage, the second portion of chapter 9. Are you still, um, uh, if you bring the Bible, digital uh, tablet, or the printed Bible, uh, can you turn to chapter 9, and we continue with verse 14. Are you there? Now, the uh, verse 13 ended with the phrase, "At it is written, Jacob I love, this is God speaking. Jacob I love, but Esau I hated. Say, wait a minute, wait a minute, God hates? Yeah, God is, in the Bible, in fact, in, in Old Testament, say, I'm a jealous God. Meaning like, because he sees his people. I love you. With all my heart, I rescue you. I provided for you everything. But then you ran away, you worship other gods. You have other lovers. You have a lovers that you worship in the, in the mountain top, in the trees. You have all kinds of God and you abandon your first love. Right? So connection with the Old Testament, uh, with the New Testament. So here, uh, um, the Apostle Paul wants to talk to the, uh, the, the Jewish community specifically, but of course in the mix with the Gentile in the context of a church Roman. Jacob, I love, but Esau, I hate it. So if any, anyone remember what is the main point of last Sunday message, there were two types of children, right? God children. They're both God children, right? Born, born out of Jacob. Remember, born out of, born out of, of, of sorry, born out of Isaac. Yes, born out of Isaac, same mother womb, Rebecca, uh, kind of a twin, and, uh, you know, through the family. But why? Jacob got loved and Esau got hated. What the difference between them? The children of the flesh and the children of the promise, what did make the difference? Anyone remember? Four letter word, yes, faith. That separate them between children of the flesh and children of the promise. And that carry out all the way to the New Testament. Where even Jesus Christ came to die. In fact, he came to die first and foremost for the Jews. That's why he said salvation came out of the Jew. But they despise it exactly. They despise God's goodness to Jesus Christ. Even though they read the Old Testament, the book of prophets, talk about the Messiah. Even John the Baptist himself, out of their people, crying out wilderness and pointed them to the Savior. And, and, and say, this is greater, I must decrease and he must increase. They did not believe them and they despise God's Son. And they are children of the flesh because they do not have faith even in the Son of God. How many of you read, you know, my further reflection, uh, sent email out? Uh, usually I just have assumed people check email, but sometimes they go into the junk mailbox. But usually I recap them, it, it's, you know, uh, some point there so for your further reflection. 
and, and hopefully it's encouraged you. Because supposedly if we grow, we're not going to be one Sunday after Sunday and between the week we have dementia, right? We, we forget about what we just learned on Sunday. Why? Because sometimes we do not practice it. Every other industry requires practice. The only thing Christian that think that, oh, we don't need to practice our faith, then we're just okay. It, it doesn't work that way because it requires our time to read the Bible, time reflection, time to practice our faith, time to live it out. It never be an automatic autopilot button. We wish that we can just, you know, just chill with God. Yeah, there's time we need to rest with God. There are times we need to wrestle with God like Jacob wrestled with the angel of the Lord. There are times we need to cry out. There are times we need to pray hard. There are times we need to exercise our faith and exercise the wisdom. And so here, the children of the flesh represented by Esau, the children of faith represented by Jacob, and through the lie of Jacob, there will be through David again later on, then through that lie will be the son of the promise, which is the Messiah which is Jesus Christ. So whoever believed in God's promise in the Old Testament will be fulfilled in the time of the New Testament. And those who embrace Jesus Christ and believe in Him will become the children of the promise. Remember, Jesus died on the cross, resurrect, uh, rose again, went to heaven and gave us the Holy Spirit and then said, I will coming back. So all of us here, we are living in a time that anticipate the coming back of Jesus Christ. And if we are living this, this, this uh, planet Earth without faith or shakering faith because we still, we still act like Esau, children of the flesh, we are missing the point and then we'll become the children of the flesh. We want to be the children of the promise because the promise is Jesus is coming back. Amen? So in the book of Revelation, if you want to understand the book of Revelation, there's just one catch key phrase. It repeated in about chapter 1, chapter 2 or 3, the testimony of Jesus. That's where the end time will come. You and I were living out a testimony of Jesus. Don't, you know, don't, don't try to fantasize about who's a dragon and number 666 could be a barcode. Don't try to decode all of that symbolism, okay? Just stick to one catchphrase, you know, the testimony of Jesus. Amen? Okay, now... Let me continue to read the, re- the rest of the, uh, uh, the, the portion here, 14 to 26. Then maybe Paul understand the audience cry out. Maybe they think about, oh, is there injustice on God's part? And he said, by no means. For he say to Moses, I mean, God say to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So then, it depends on not human will or exertion, but on God, who has mercy. Verse 17. For the scriptures say to Pharaoh, For this very purpose I have raised you up, raised Pharaoh up, what? That I might show my power in you, that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Uh, uh, those who are reading the Old Testament uh, the, on the Bible reading plan, you know, sometimes... Like we read it, so it's unfair because Pharaoh has no choice. Yes and no. Yes, meaning like he had a choice to repent after what, first plague, second plague, third plague. He keep 
you know, kind of hardened his heart until the point of the tenth plague or the firstborn child in Egypt died. His life still alive. However, he resisted again. He chased after the Israel. Then the whole army died and he died, right? So God did give mercy to the Egyptian and the Pharaoh, but they refused it. So here, uh, the, uh, uh, the Apostle Paul wants to, um, to uh, tell the church that for the very reason that instead of the, world, the whole world know about the Lord Yahweh, that they will see that the Egyptian, Egyptian will oppress his people, but stay put, I will deliver you out, but do this and follow. Just speak to Pharaoh. And of course, they, they spoke to Pharaoh and ten times the play. And then so that his power would manifest it in, in that. And the whole world we know that the Egyptian and the powerful nation like Egypt will be plunged down by God's deliverance of Israel. And, and all the Israelites went out of Egypt not empty-handed. If you read the story. We're full of possession, gold, money, and cattle, and all of that. Because God provided and used out of all that, you know, the, the, the hardened, hardened heart of Pharaoh, the stubbornness of Pharaoh to really live up the glory of the Lord. But Israelite, his people must fully trust him, fully obey him. So trust and obedience will magnify God's glory in the midst of all the oppression during that time in the Old Testament. Kind of a side note connection today for you. If you are living in a country that being oppressed, the way to magnify God's presence and holiness and glory is to let the people oppress you to, so that God look at your situation and deliver you out and punish the oppressor. This is how also David understand the principle. After he got so-called the coup, you know, the, the coup from his son Absalom, he fled with his own son because the son tried to kill him. And not only so that the son Absalom was just very wicked, that he wanted to shame him by get all his concubines and lie with them all, just to let Israel know that I am the king Absalom one, and to shame his dad. His dad fled away. And then as he fled, there's a one guy, Shimei, came out and said, look at you, look at you, you are King David. And now run. And one of these mighty men wanted to chop up his, the, the head of one of uh, Shimei because they're all warrior. David said, no, leave it there. If the Lord wants to use that guy to shame me and curse me, let it, the Lord will do his will. Who am I? I'm a dead dog anyway. And then he walked on and the guy kept nagging, nagging. And, he, and then, you know, to the point that, you know, and, and, and to the cave and he, he just suffered. But he said that if the Lord look at my situation, he will rescue me and will punish the other guy. Not many Christians today believe in the story of the Bible because they want to create their own story by human strength by human will, by whatever the worldview they have. I pray and I hope that you let the worldview of the Bible be saturated and brainwash your worldview because our thinking and our thought and action must be in line with the Bible. That's what's the point of studying the Bible. Studying the Bible is not for you and for me to make me just happy Christian study, but it's for us to be changed. Amen? 
Now, here, the Apostle Paul continued. So then, verse 18. So then he has mercy on whom he wills. And he hardens whoever, whomever he wills. In the case of Pharaoh, in the context. If you look at ten times, there will be some part that Pharaoh hardened his own heart. There will be other part that God say, because that's what you want, I harden further. It has happened to us today. If there's one thing you and I know but that is right to do according to God, we don't do it, we don't do it, our heart getting thicker, hardened. But then certain point that even the Holy Spirit cannot break it because you already decided I will not let the Word of God and the Holy Spirit change my life. I'm going to stay the same. This is my identity. I don't want to have anything to do with identity in Christ. This is just my identity. This is my counter-identity. This is I born this way. This is me. And uh, the popular culture say, yeah, you're right. It's me. It's you. You are the God. You are the boss of your life. Decide it for yourself. And that's why how sometimes Christians slip, backslidden into humanistic point of view. It's me. It has to begin with God in order that our life can be changed. And he has said that I will have mercy to those who I want. I will show, uh, I will harden to those who I will. This is scary. This is called the fear of the Lord. That's the beginning of wisdom. And then Paul continued, You will say to me then, Why does he still find fault? For who can resist his will? So it's right. Because the, the, the audience listen like, Well, we dead, we doomed. If that is the case, then God always look at us and find fault. Hey, look, you know, they have mistake, this mistake, this sin. And then who can resist his will? And then Paul continued, But who are you, O man, or human, who are you, O human, to answer back to God? Will, will what is moulded say to his moulder? Why have you made me like this? Has the potter has no has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lump lump of clay one vessel for honourable use and another for this honourable use? Just an illustration here for us. All of us at home we have a ceramic plate bowl, utensil, and I assume, okay, all of us has a toilet bowl as well, made out mainly ceramic, right? Correct? You use that every day? At least, in fact, I used that this morning, right? Think about this, just just kind of picture. The toilet bowl say, hey, you know, I, I want to be on the plate to serve the food. Why I was I have to be there? I mean, I suffer badly, you know? The smell, all the things that go through, people get angry, bang on that one as well. They do all kinds of damage and abuse in me in this toilet bowl. I mean, I will blame and complain about the, the, pot, the potter, the one who makes the toilet bowl. Why don't people just go to the nature and why make me like this? And why I have to suffer a great deal and people show zero appreciation? And, 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 and they want to attach me onto a digital gadget, you know. You go down and then the panel come up, oh, you have diabetes, you have this. And, you know, this is my Japanese friend invention. And so, 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 so people don't show zero appreciation. 
Think about that. So, so basically, the, the picture is this. Who are you, old man, that if the porter wants to shape a nice cup that the king used or shape a toilet bowl? It is all for God's purpose. I assume you, we gave zero appreciation to the toilet bowl, but we all need it. Right? We all need it. Right? We, I think we eat as much as we need a cup to drink, as much as we have a plate to eat with gas. But I better eat by hand and have a toilet bowl. Right? Correct? So in fact, if you really understand, you and I will appreciate every morning. Thank you, Lord. We have the toilet bowl. I know some of you that live in the countryside and say, what is toilet bowl? That's another story, okay? <clears throat> and uh, so, so basically, Paul just say, look, doesn't matter that, that, that you know, uh, uh, oh, uh, it's not fair. Pharaoh, Pharaoh got punished. He has no choice. Yes, he has a choice, but he chose not. And then, oh, it's not fair. The, the Israelite, you know, you, you, you took them out of uh, Egypt. Let them die in the wilderness. What's the point, Lord? Well, the point is you need to have instant obedience. Because why? The punishment so severe in the wilderness. You have no food, no water, the giant, the enemy, all of that. You need to fight with the bare hand. And then you need to learn one, two key words. Trust and obey. They did not. All the way to the New Testament, even now Paul say, look, don't be so arrogant that you think you are the Jew com- community, you are the chosen one. Yes, but you say Esau and Jacob, is that you are God? Are you in justice? You're in justice in your part? Paul say, by no means, no way. Why? Because some will use for honorable purpose. Other would be dishonorable. So in this case, Esau is used for dishonorable purpose. For the illustration, the toilet bowl, in a way, used for that business. Are you still with me? Some of you need to take a nap. That's fine. All right. Um, now, continue. Then, verse... Uh, sorry, uh, 21, has the porter has no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one vessel for an honorable use and another for this honorable use. What if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power, has endured with much patient vessel of wrath prepared for destruction in order to make known the riches of his glory for vessel of mercy, which has prepared beforehand for glory. Verse 24. Even us whom he has called, not from the Jew only, but also from the Gentile. Remember the context, the church in Rome is made of Jew uh, and the Gentile. They seem to have some tension, seem to have some conflict, because the Jews seem to say, hey, we are the chosen, we are descendant. But this is what, what Paul tried to say, not all Israel are Israel. Not all Abraham descendant, Abraham then. The distinguished line is by faith. I mean, Jew, Gentile will be alike. Even that you're born and you can show the family tree, hey, look, I'm from Abraham descendant. Doesn't matter because by faith. And uh, verse 25, as indeed he say in Hosea, it's a book of, uh, uh, in the book of prophet, right? 
How, how many of you have read this book before? Okay, yeah. It, it's not a disease, right? It's the name of the prophet, right? Uh, those who were not my people, I will call my people. And her, her who was not beloved, I will call beloved. And in the very place where it was said to them, you are not my people, and they will be called sons of living. Give you a context. You can go home and read the book of Hosea. It's kind of a short, but here it quote in chapter 2. Uh, give you a, give a story. Prophet Hosea, the Lord told him, go and marry a prostitute. It's a strange request. Okay? And whether it's a real prostitute or it used as the metaphor to talk about the unfaithfulness of Israel. But the story unfolds that God will use this one as an object lesson. Israel, you marry me, I marry you, okay? You didn't get it, you worship idols. I, okay, I will tell my prophet to give you very into your face object lesson. Go and marry a prostitute. Give birth to a daughter named No Mercy. <laughs> Another daughter where what? No what? Remember? No mercy, not my people. Imagine if you have a, 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 a child and say, God say, name him no mercy. Uh, another one, daughter, name him not my people. It is an object lesson. Like sometimes people did not get it. It had to do reverse psychology and also like, you know, slap the face and they wake up. Right? So in this case, this is a prophet of Hosea. And God said, okay, first child, not my people, of, uh, uh, no mercy. The second one, not. And so he communicated, like, because you rejected me, there will be no more mercy for you. There will be, you are not my people. Why? Because you are not walking my way. You not follow my law. I told you this, you do the opposite. So Paul quote that story. Everybody who listened here in the Jewish community know that story. And besides, Jonah was painful for them. Hosea is another book of prophet. was very painful for them to read with the high sign. Okay? And so, so basically, uh, the Apostle Paul used that one and said, Look, God will show mercy. But the end of chapter 2 in Hosea, I will show mercy to even the people no mercy. I will call the people not my people, my people. And so now he changed that story. He said, I will include the Gentiles. They were basically non-Israelite. They were pagan. They were non-Israelite. They were in darkness, were in sinful. But because you did not live up to the example that I set before you, and then I will show my mercy to the people that are not my people. Even they themselves, no mercy. But now they receive my mercy. Because you despise to be the firstborn of my people. So it's linked back with Esau. Esau despite the birthright. Of course, J, uh, of course Jacob cheated Esau. Actually, not cheat, it's a trait, right? Hey, you sell me birthright. He did not steal, right? You sell me your birthright, here's the lentil soup for you, right? So anytime I eat the lentil soup, I say, no, did I trade anything? You know, lentil soup for something? Uh, you know, never trade, you know, the Christian birthright to be the children of God in Christ Jesus for anything in your life. Whether your boss pressure you. I told some of um, our expert friends came here uh, and looked for a job. I told them, talk to the employers. Make a, a deal first. I will work Monday to Saturday 
even eight, nine hours, okay. But Sunday, the Lord's Day, and want to come to worship the Lord. Why? You can worship and say, no, I want to be with God's people. If you make it straight that way, one, you witness. Two, the employer will respect you. Otherwise, you have a hidden, like, uh, you know, uh, you know, you want the job so badly and say, okay, whatever, what Sunday is okay. And then you'll never be able to renegotiate unless you find another job. So many people struggle with that. I mean, spiritually speaking, sometimes people sell their birthright to be Christ, Christian for other things. We don't want to do that. Do not let the Pharaoh that oppress you. Just tell them, let my people go. Let me worship on Sunday. Why? And give it why. That's another side point. But here, we stop at uh, verse 26. Next week, we continue. I want to have a summary for us. Point number one. God's justice is explained through His wrath. The reason that people think that God is in justice because loving uh, Jacob and hating Esau. This was not fair. Well, if you have not known yet, this life is not about fairness. By the way, God never asked us to be fair because we can't. We can't. All the parents have more than two, three children know that. Instead, oh, I love you all. But inside, they always has uh, this one better. This one, you know, good, great, obey me. The other one, so be there. I, I, I don't want. They have a, but even though I don't say that. Because it's almost impossible. God is just. He's not fair. That's why He justifies us so that we become righteousness with Him. He doesn't make us fair. Just. We are unrighteous. There's only, there's no way to say, oh, let me make it fair, you know. My son dies, so you all, your, all, my son Jesus died, all of you have to die. No, it's not about fairness. If it's fairness that you and I expect, there will be no cross. You know what is fair? All of us deserve hell. That's fair. Because we all sin. What is not fair is that his son Jesus Christ died first. That's not fair. But it brings justification. Bring that we are justified by faith. And out of that justification, the result is righteousness by faith. Are you still with me? Unless you and I appreciate God's justice, we need to appreciate God's wrath. God's wrath. Thinking about some of you that afraid your employer so much, that whatever the policy that you have, that you lose your job, you're afraid to lose your job, and then you're thinking about family and food not to obey. Whatever they say, they almost like God. They say, no, 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 I cannot do that. But whatever God say, uh, not you know, we negotiate. Maybe not that important. Think about that. God's wrath is sending you and me to the eternal lake of fire. And His justice is this way: that those who believe in My Son will be justified and receive righteousness. That God's justice. Without God's wrath, we never be able to understand and appreciate God's justice because we're about to be punished for eternity. 
think about this. Think about your best favorite love person. You commit a crime. You'll be sentenced either life sentence or death penalty. That person walk into the courtroom, of course, with the given structure of the law. If whoever died for this man or that woman, you will free. That person say, I will go to the electric chair, lethal injection. I will stay in prison for life and you will be free. Will you go out of the court and continue to sin? Will you go out of the court and say, well, he's supposed to do that for me, you know, entitlement. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I pay him later. I pay him later with my life. You know, he, he, he set me free. Thank you. But I think how much you want. You think about the one that who released you from the, from the, the jail and you just walk out. Okay, uh, thank you. But how much do you want? I will pay back. The majority of Christians, if they do not understand God's wrath, they'll never be able to understand and fathom God's love. And they always cry out, God is unfair. They always cry out, God is injustice like the Jew. Is that injustice on God's part? That's what they're thinking. Are you still with me? God justice can only be understand, understood and seen through God's wrath. The reason that you and I are sitting here, not because we are so good, not because we are so smart, not because we are born out of a royal family. We are were dead in our trespasses. Even a Jew has something to be boast of. Hey, we have the law. Hey, we are uh, Abraham descended. The Gentile, zero. But however, remember, the Gentile boasts about their wisdom. The Greeks say, hey, we are wise. Boasts about their civilization. Boasts about their scientific discovery. Like today, many people can boast about their business skill, scientific discovery, about their wealth, about their skill. But none of that will save them. None of that will justify with the sin. Even one lie in a lifetime consider a sinner. Correct? A sinner is even one small sin. God's justice needs to be understood in the context of God's wrath. Amen? Second point. God's mercy. Everybody cry out, God mercy. And God told us that mercy is new every day. How that... How that uh, how does that work out? Cry, you know, every day the sunrise. Every, he, he linked to the nature so that whenever you and I see the sunrise, we know God's mercy is new. We read that, we sang that, but how many of us here really, really, really believe it? Unless you and I understand God's long-suffering. God long suffering, even though Christ that went to the cross suffered for us, but He's still suffering with us in a way. Whenever we suffer in our life, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. Whenever we suffer, the whole body suffers. If you suffer as a pastor, I suffer too. As a pastor, suffer, you suffer too. We are the body of Christ. We are not an institution, we are not department. We are not compartment, compartmentalized our life. We are all connected. That's why you and I, when you suffer, I suffer. When you rejoice, I rejoice. Because God's mercy needs to be understood through God's long suffering. Throughout the Old Testament, 
He showed love to the people of Israel. I chose you. I take you out the land. I gave you the promised land. I gave you the law. The law you think is controlling, you know, of us. I want to be free. But, you know, there will be no freedom. Because even in Egypt, you eat food, but, you know, you you slave. And so in, the, uh, in Romans chapter 6, make a kind of a connection there. There's no real freedom. The only freedom is to be slave to the righteousness. And not, not, not free think, uh, to be free in anything. Has to be slave to righteousness, which is Christ Jesus. So God's mercy every day. We wake up. We give you thanks. We give God thanks because He is suffering with us. This pandemic is a long suffering. Some of you may have wishful thinking maybe 2022 may be over. Maybe, maybe not. So we are long-suffering together. Long-suffering can be translated patient. One of the fruit of the, one of the variety. Let me rephrase it correctly. Not fruits. One of the variety of the fruit of the Holy Spirit is patient and long-suffering. You want to see the fruit, you bear fruit, Suffer with God. Suffer with one another. Because suffering is not fun. God's mercy is new every day in the context of suffering. In the context that He spare us from the eternal lake of fire. What's the difference between grace and mercy? Grace is you receive what you do not deserve. Let me repeat again. Grace is you receive what you do not deserve. You and I do not deserve His love, but we receive it anyway. That's why in the context of God, for God so loved the world that He sent His only Son. The world do not deserve His love, but grace given. Mercy. Mercy is that we do not receive what we're supposed to receive. We do not receive the punishment in the eternal lake of fire. We do not receive that. We suppose that we receive. We're supposed to receive hell, but we do not receive because of God's mercy. You understand the two flip sides of that one? Number three, last one. God's love. Probably you just know this already, but I... In my observation, and I've seen my life and Christian life around the world, God's love is one of the most, the, 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 the top things that people do not fully understand. And usually, if they do not fully understand, they despise it. How does it work? Because they think God's love, yeah, God loves me. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm entitled to that. You know, God's love me. And usually our approach to go to share with the, the non-believing, hey, God's love you. you. Say, yeah, thank you. But that's, that's not the whole gospel. The whole story. Your sin, you need to repent. Hey, if someone, you know, living, you know, in, in the, uh, you know, adult, uh, adulterous life or lie or cheater and say, God's love you, say, yeah, I know. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm cheater, I'm liar. God's, God loves you because what Christ done for your sin. God's love without the work of the cross has no meaning. This is why the world here today is very messy and twisted. Hey, love is love. 
You know, why, 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 why the Christian is so, you know, so against the LGBT community, uh, community? Why, why, you know, they, they are just so outdated and they said there's no premarital sex. You know, everybody does what they want. You, your God is just outdated. God loves, his love is love. Well, if love is love, then that's it. But the Bible never say love is love. The Bible say God is love. So you take God out, it will be a blank space. The people will fill in whatever they want. Money is love. Sex is love. Love is love. Social justice is love. Uh, you know, LGBT is love. You, you, people can fill in whatever they want. has to be God. God is love. Because of God's wrath, God's justice, and God's mercy were pouring out to the people who are not my people, to the people that know mercy, I show mercy. How gracious I am, I show love, mercy, I long suffering with you, I'm waiting. The reason that Jesus is not coming back yet, because He is patient with all the sinner who have not yet repented and still continue to live in sinful life. He is patient and long-suffering. Thinking about the parents, though, love parents, you see your child ven- you know, venture away like prodigal son every day, you're seeking for the lost child, and you hope that he's coming home, hope coming home, you, you hire the search and rescue team, you, just, you cannot just sit still because you're waiting for the lost son and lost daughter, the prodigal son and prodigal daughter to be home. And that's what the heartbeat of Jesus, He's waiting. He, he, the Holy Spirit interceding for us. The hospitality and outreach that is burning in our heart, that there is the loss out there. There's loss out there in the church and outside the church. And we are crying. We want to reach out to bring God's love that even those we do not have, but God's love must fill our hearts so that we can begin to love our neighbor with the agape, with the God's love that in Christ Jesus. It's not self-generated love. It's not humanistic love. It's not love is love, but the love that God is love, that for others. This is uh, the journey we all need to take together. It's not going to happen overnight. Unless you and I begin to understand God's justice, God's wrath, God's mercy, and God's love. Without the others, God's love will be in a vacuum and everybody can misuse it, abuse it, and never be able to fathom how deep, how great, how wide is God's love for us and the world. But the God, God loves not to be in the context of God justice. And God justice is being revealed. In the first Roman chapter uh, 1, God's wrath is being revealed. God's righteousness is being revealed. So it's run parallel. Two sides of the coin. So when we present the whole gospel, I'm not ashamed of the gospel in Romans chapter 1 verse 16, 18. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because I'm not ashamed of both sides. I am a chief sinner as Paul said. But I got saved because of His mercy, His love, His grace. And therefore, you Gentile can have the same. Even though I'm the Pharisee of the Pharisee, I'm the, the Jew, the Jew, the chief of the Jew, I'm a teacher of the law, but I am a chief sinner. That's what Paul tell, told the church. Is God unfair by hating Esau and loving Jacob? 
by no means. Because we all need to be the children of the promise. And the promise has been fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And the promise of coming back of Jesus Christ is being fulfilled. We are living in a time of anticipating in the end time. Are you still with me? God loves is given to Jesus to tell your neighbor and colleague that God love is for you. Because God's wrath and justice has been done through Jesus Christ. Whatever that your social causes and your social justice, it can never be able to make God justice. Otherwise, humans can save themselves. Whatever the injustice you see in the world, tell the people, God justice has been done at the cross. If the oppressor, they need salvation too. They need to know that God justice has been carried out by Jesus. So take Jesus, remember Jesus, believe in Jesus, live out Jesus, then God justice will unfold and for the world. God, this, this world, we use human strength. It's always injustices. The very thing we do for the social cause of injustice will become injustice. Right? Let me say it again. The very cause that we do for social justice we press it so much that our action becomes injustice. Do you know that? You see all the demonstrations in the U.S., all of that. They say social justice, social justice. You know, Black Lives Matter. Now all the Asian that got, you know, got uh, persecuted in the southern part. And nobody go out and say Asian life matter, Vietnamese life matter. I told you, God knows your name. You can say, dear goes like matter. But don't say Indian lives matter. That's political, politicized. Dear God's name, precious in God. Whether he's Indian or Vietnamese or Malaysian or Korean, Jew, Gentiles, they're justified by faith. The children of the promise. If you want to use the phrase matter, children of the promise matter. If you love that phrase so much. Personally, I don't like the phrase. Let us have a five minute reflection.
Lord Jesus, thank you for your mercy. And those who receive mercy never cry out, it is unfair. Never demand rights. And in today's contact, there's so many rights. And Lord, why is it so? Because maybe mankind has refused the first right to be the children of God. They have this spite that's right like Esau. They want to be the generation of the flesh and show their human strength. And therefore, they don't rely on the promise. And Lord, mercy help us to understand whether our lives will be in this way and not the other way like other Christians we see, whether online, on Facebook or other places. or We do comparison. And Lord, it's, it's toxic to our soul when we compare. Because you made it clear that you are the porter and there's a one lump of clay, however you shape, a cup for king use, a toilet bowl. In your sight, it just. In your sight, because you show mercy to both. It'll help us to not like the people in the Old Testament and the people in the church in Rome where they seem to demand that to be Jewish is the right of firstborn, but the firstborn despise the birthright. Help us, Lord, never have a moment in our life we got so tired and say, what is good is there to be a Christian? I still face the same problem in my work with other non-Christian friends. What, what's different? Even worse. I don't have a job. I've got a pay cut. Other my non-Christian friend got promoted and got more money and more wealth than me. What is good is that to be a Christian? Lord, help us. Help those people. Lord, they have the right mind and not that wrong mind, wrong mentality. And Lord, be a porter to us. We are the same lump of clay. Shape us however you like. Lord, we thank you for the mercy that new every day. Lord, we thank you because of your mercy that your wrath had been spared on us. And because of your mercy, the wrath been spared and the love had been lavished on us. Not because we deserve it, but because Jesus Christ took all of your wrath so that we can receive your love. Without the guilt of repayment, without the guilt of I have to use my life to repay, it's not your purpose. We need to live the life of fully rejoicing and giving thanks because the mercy that knew every day, the grace was given to Jesus Christ and the love that your love, great love, has given to us. And even you secure us with the Holy Spirit and call us, you are my people, chosen people, where I decided to dwell in you. I am the God of Emmanuel. I'm the God that gave you the Holy Spirit so that you can live a holy life and not struggling with sin because we need to be delivered from sin. We need to be slave of righteousness and not slave of sin. We never be able to be master of our life, but you are our master. 
Oh, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you have called us, your people, even though we are not your people. You have shown us mercy, even though that we were sons and daughters of no mercy. And thank you, Lord, that you have included us in your kingdom. Beside the Jew, the Gentile, all the ethnic group, all the nation here, Lord. We all deserve one place. That's hell. But you spare us. Lord, we are so thankful for your mercy, your grace, and your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. We pray that you and your family are encouraged by this message. Join us next time and do click the follow button on our profile page to stay up to date with the latest message. God bless you.